0: What's up Cinecasters, it's Jonathan here. I hope you all had a great Christmas and you're enjoying this weird time in the nether zone between Christmas and New Year's. So Phil and I are currently enjoying our little bit of time off, but uh, I just wanted to drop in to one, wish you all the happiest of New Year's, and two, to gift you all with a little bonus treat in the absence of the Potrall Cinecasts. So if you've been listening over the last few weeks, Phil and I have mentioned our new venture called Breadcrumbs. Breadcrumbs. It's our brand new podcast and podcast network. That's right. It's a show called Breadcrumbs. And it's the name of our new collective of shows called the Breadcrumbs Collective. So apart from the Breadcrumbs podcast that we've already started, other shows in the Breadcrumbs Collective include, of course, the Pod Charles Senecast. Our former co-host, Arianne Anantaputri's A Drip Town, Limery, Maine, which is back. Episode 5 of that just dropped. And my own little one-minute joke podcast called Tall Talk. I haven't done an episode in a couple weeks, but I should bring it back soon. And our upcoming show called Franchised, where we will cover some of the best film franchises, film by film, season by season. So we have a lot of other great ideas that are coming and we're working on, so we're hoping to get those launched in the coming year. What about this breadcrumb show? So we talked about it a little bit. Well, to be honest, it's this new comedy show that Phil and I work on is super silly and it's super weird. Currently, it just stars myself and Phil and its content is filled largely with the usual weird conversations that we would have before, during and after recording the Pacha And most of these conversations never even make the cut. Uh, I usually cut certain things like this out for time constraints. And then also we've added in some other fun stuff like just goofy entertainment news, funny, weird political news, weird news stories, and just dumb conspiracy theories that like just filter the world and the internet right now. So it's a grab bag of just a lot of nonsense and a lot of it may or may not be true. So that's up for you to discern. It's probably best described as an anti-podcast I don't know if I just coined that phrase but we're throwing out the usual rules of editing and we're just creating this weird show that's just as weird sounding as the weird stories that we are telling oh and every episode is less than a half an hour so it's a perfect quick listen honestly the show is just like a work in progress right now Uh, We're excited to see where it goes. We hope that you guys will jump over there and help us grow it. So you can find Breadcrumbs at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other podcast apps. And that's just by searching Breadcrumbs. You can also find the links in the descriptions of this episode, wherever you're listening to it now. And also, you can follow us over at Twitter and Instagram at BreadcrumbsPod. That's Breadcrumbs, P-O-D, BreadcrumbsPod, all together. You know, why am I telling you this? So, Like I said, I just wanted to fill the void of the PodCharles Cinecast being on Christmas hiatus. After my little spill here, the most recent episode of Breadcrumbs is going to play. So this episode, it goes hand in hand with our recent Die Hard episode on the Cinecast, which explores the Reginald Bell Johnson theory. You might remember it if you listened to that episode. We kind of briefly discussed this. And it's basically, is Al Powell from Die Hard and Carl Winslow from Family Matters the same person? And are all those other cop characters that Reginald Vell Johnson plays the same person? Not that they are played by Reginald Vell Johnson, but that the characters themselves are the same person. So it's a weird, super fun theory that we knew it would fit like, you know, nicely in with the weirdness of breadcrumbs. We started to put it into the Die Hard episodes, but it was just like too long and we just wanted to cut out like 25 minutes from the Die Hard episode. So it was nice to kind of like get this. Really fun theory out there for you guys. I hope you guys enjoy it. If you've not yet listened to our Die Hard episode or, heck, the It's a Wonderful Life episode from last week for that matter, please go and check them out. Phil and I put in a lot of hard work on those episodes and they're some of our best episodes yet, so please do let us know you enjoyed them. As always, at the PCC Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, you can let us know. And also, do let us know if you enjoy Breadcrumbs. Again, you can follow Breadcrumbs over at Breadcrumbs Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and if you you could do us a favor. Leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts for Breadcrumbs and the Podchall Cinecasts or wherever you else you get your podcast. But Apple Podcasts is a big one for us. Even if you don't usually listen to us on Apple Podcasts, if you've got an account, please just log on there. Find the Hall Cinecasts, find Breadcrumbs. Just leave us a rating review. We know it's annoying for us to ask, but it really does help our show grow and you know, that's what we want to do. We want to do that this year. We want to grow even bigger and better and do bigger and better things. That's the whole idea for this breadcrumbs thing. We want to help support not only ourselves and our own friends for creating new shows and content that we want to create, but also other people like new friends. And just that's why I want to call it a collective. It's not necessarily a network. It's just a bunch of people just getting together and supporting each other. It's very DIY, very punk rock. That's kind of the idea I want to have for this. And I want it to grow, and you guys can help us grow. So, again, breadcrumbs pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating review if you could. That'd be great. That's it for me now. I hope you guys have a wonderful new year. I know this past year sucked, um, but I love you guys. Thank you so much for sticking with us throughout this crazy year. And we'll be back in a couple weeks, um, maybe the second week of January, with new episodes of the Pod Charles Syndicast and Breadcrumbs. If you've enjoyed this weird episode of Breadcrumbs that's about to play, then go listen back. We've got four other episodes of Breadcrumbs in the past, so you can listen to those as well. Uh, yeah, tell your friends. Let everyone know. Anyway, have a wonderful new year and enjoy episode five of Breadcrumbs, the Reginald Bell Johnson Theory. Breadcrumbs. Breadcrumbs. All right, so Phil, you know, it's Christmas. You know, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we were recording the podcast, we talked about Die Hard and uh, uh, Mega Hard.
1: Yeah, Die Hard Mega Hard.
0: Was telling you about like the <laughs> Reginald
1: Bell Johnson thing. Oh, Powell' is Supposed to be like the same character. He's played the same character. He's the cop. He's a cop. Can he always the cop? He's always a cop. But is he the same cop? Yeah.
0: So I looked into it. You know, he's played tons of cops. I mean, you know, he's got to be, like, one of the most likable cops in
1: history. I know, like, cops are pretty passe in 2020. These days. For good reason. Yeah,
0: And, uh, <laughs> I mean, they've always kind of sucked. It's funny that it took people long enough to, like, this long to sort of
2: like, realize they're
0: not that cool.
1: Yeah. But he was cool. He original Bill cool Johnson, yeah. He's, You'd hang out with him. Yeah. He's, he's not Twinkie. He's, he's a Twinkie guy. He's all about his Twinkies. Except for the fact that he killed a child, you know about Twinkie and shooting kid.
0: Yes,
2: when some lose some, you know.
0: Yeah, which is further like you know making me think of like why cops aren't that cool, (laughs) you know? Like even the ones that are (laughs) supposed to be the lovable ones that you're supposed to like from your favorite TVs, shows, and movies, you know, are (laughs) kind of problematic. So he played a policeman in the courthouse in the Kojak. You know, it's a Kojak TV movie. He played Captain Graf in 1987's Plain Clothes. He played Al Powell in Order in Die Hard. Yeah, mostly. he played Al Powell oh. in Die Hard. And then he's his no. first appearance as Carl Winslow was in an episode of Perfect Strangers. I had no idea about this.
2: In a spin-off.
0: Yeah, it was a spin off. I never knew that. So I've watched Family Matters growing up, but this show mm-hmm. called Perfect Strangers. It was a show that didn't star Joe Marie Payton, who was Harriet, his wife, but she was a, like sort of co-star, like sort of side character, who worked inside of some department store as like an elevator operator. And there was an episode where her husband comes because the place gets I don't know like held hostage or something. He's uh, coming in as a hostage cop as well, and he's a police officer, and he comes in and he helps out. And then she left the show and it spun off into Family Matters and it was supposed to be about them together as a married couple and then of course they introduced Steve Urkel and that Urkel. blew up and that just became like the biggest fucking thing.
1: Urkel was huge.
0: Did I do that? Don't know. So I had no idea that that was a spinoff so that's kind of cool.
2: I can't believe you could do a hostage episode in a sitcom like that. It's like that's the normal occurrence in life. Yeah. They did that in the Golden Girls one and it was the Christmas episode. Fucking weird.
0: I think every... TV show has to do like at least one hostage episode,
2: right? Yeah, but I guess everyone, they always have to do a Christmas Carol and they do the hostage episode. I mean, we've done a hostage episode. Yeah,
0: we just did a hostage episode. I mean, we're not a TV show, but I mean, we're close.
2: We're a radio show.
0: We're a radio show, sort of. And Mm -hmm. uh, that was a hostage episode. So, I mean, you know, there's tropes you gotta hit, guys. And uh, we're hitting them.
2: Different trope. That's another one.
0: Yeah, that's another TV show.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can we just let's just name shows?
0: Yeah, All in the Family, All in the Family,
2: Silver Spoon, The Cosby Show,
0: the ooh, Cosby <laughs> Show, uh, <laughs> Community. <laughs> Are we talking eighty
2: shows? Uh, I, well now I'm riffing off eighty shows. Yeah, Cheered?
0: The Jeffersons,
2: Jefferson. um. Uh... step, fuck, Uh, stepbrothers, (laughs) stepbrothers, shit. No, what's the Sanford and Son? That was the one. Sanford and Son.
1: Get all these TV shows at the P Drops streaming service available now on all. All, all, all apps. All app sites. It's all ads. All ads, all the time. It's everything you could ever want. Every,
2: every everything. P-drops. And everything
1: you didn't want. New, new streaming service. We're born again patriots. We're letting you know that if you want the truest American news about all the proper winners of elections, fraudulent or not, you're gonna get them over P-drops. Where <laughs> you can also find the greatest reruns of Family Matters all in the family. Different strokes. <laughs> the Cosmic sure. <laughs> <the comedy> Show. the <laughs> Show. Then I can't play that.
2: P-drop. Let it drip.
1: P-drop. Bread
0: What if all those characters, though, that, you know, Reginald Bell Johnson's played, was the same person.
1: Particularly Al Powell and Carl Winslet. So this theory
0: okay. comes from, it's not my, because I can't be bothered thinking up this stupid stuff. You know, because... I've got better things to do with my life, like transcribing yeah. these thoughts from somebody else.
2: And protesting for general election. Yes. <laughs> Trump won,
0: by the way. Dominion. This comes from Michael Garrowee. crap. It starts with Ghostbusters. <laughs> so Reginald Bell Johnson played the jail guard in New York. He gets tasked with escorting four scientists Ghostbusters, to the mayor's office, where he says the whole island's gone crazy after the EPA agent Walter Peck, you know? Dickles. Pickle. It's weird, but later he becomes an LATV reporter after he's laughed out of New York for his horrible handling of the famous marshmallow man. Stay Marshmallow Man Incident In New York City He had to go out west And he yeah, couldn't even Work for the EPA Or whatever Stupid job City job He worked for He had to become An L.A. TV reporter
2: I mean he could have Stayed Could have stayed In New York could New York um, Is the most forgetful City in the world <laughs> we saw In Ghostbusters 2 Absolutely When they Act like The Marshmallow Man Didn't happen um, So they could have Waited it out But you're right They, they, they moved on Yes So moved to LA, um, catch the race.
0: So after Walter Peck shut off the containment in the Ghostbusters basement, releasing a bunch of pissed off spirits, this is after all that happened. So if he's the same guy as Al Powell, he was likely inquisitive Mm. and he overheard Egon explaining what is happening and that there was a Sumerian God that showed up to destroy humankind. You know, and Powell, he was pretty talkative. So he probably would have asked the Ghostbusters what was going on in Egon.
1: The theory was that maybe Egon would have offered his Twinkie analogy
0: to this jail guard who was escorting She definitely would. She would have. Yeah. Because Powell was really talkative and he loves Twinkies. If he
1: sees a fucking Twinkie around, he's going to want to talk about it.
0: But he hasn't quite become obsessed with Twinkies yet. Because this is... What
1: makes him become obsessed with Twinkies? This is a come to Jesus moment. This come to Jesus moment.
0: So he was this he was obsessed with Twinkies after this and they come to represent evil and badness in his mind. And he just thinks the Twinkie must be contained. So since Al Powell Mm. is already at the mayor's office and when the Ghostbusters say they need an escort to Central Park West, he would also be on scene when Gozar becomes back in the form of a hundred foot tall marshmallow man. Marshmallow man. Which might mm-hmm. be Twinkie filling? I, I don't know. I mean, I know there's Stale Puff marshmallows, and then there's Twinkies, and Twinkies aren't really marshmallows inside, but it's some weird creamy stuff. And
2: without the first thing I cried. Thought of. Yeah, cream. Oh, marshmallow. If, man, yeah. You know. Yeah, <laughs> cream. <laughs> we thought we got cream on the mic. <laughs> but you know, and it, it would just it would take you know, a similar situation with Al Pal if he confronted with a goat, and it's like yeah. choose you must choose you must choose what form I take. Yes, first thing, fucking Twinkie. I and mean, what you got, a uh, the Twinkie just fucking flying through the baby. Yeah, just absorbing everything it touches. End of life, you know. It would be delicious, but
1: horrible. If you think that's not real as well, I mean, we learned from the Nutty Professor that Eddie Murphy, Sherman Clump, had a dream where he met a ghost and the ghost told him that it's going to take over the world. And when he was wondering what form it would take, he looked in the mirror and he saw how, like, overweight he was and he was really upset with his own body. And then he blew up into the For biggest him. giant man, like the safe Book save yeah. up marshmallow man and start crashing around the city so it can happen yeah. to you if you think about it so be careful what you think about and what you wish for and uh, what you ask Santa Claus for Christmas because you might just get you might just get it a hundred foot tall version of it and it might just wreck your life
0: but in the span of a day Powell has come <laughs> <Still> to <learn. laughs> Uh, In the span of the day, Powell has come to learn definitively that there is an afterlife and it's not necessarily a pleasant one. And also that demonic trans dimensional. You're right, that's
2: life changing. Yeah,
0: trans dimensional gymnasts could uh, at any moment (laughs) cross into our reality and kill us
1: all. In the most comical way that Dan Ackworth can think of. So. (laughs) (laughs) And that Rick Moran isn't a dog.
0: (laughs) So after the Ghostbusters incident in New York, Powell has a mental breakdown and he moves to L.A. He gets a
1: transfer. And he starts
0: eating a lot of Twinkies.
1: This assures that they can never grow big and threaten mankind again. If he eats all of them, exactly. I'm with you. He's got to kill them. He's got to eat them all.
2: Yeah, keep saving the world one Twinkie at a time. Absolutely.
0: In Die Hard, there's the famous scene where you first see Powell, he's buying a bunch of Twinkies. He lies to the clerk who makes fun of them. And he says that like, they're for his pregnant wife for the wife. He later, when he's talking to John McClain, has an encyclopedic knowledge of Twinkies down to the, you know, each ingredient that they're made of, mm. so he obviously knows about yeah. Twinkies. How many Twinkies would a man need to eat before he managed to memorize if all the ingredients down to polysorbate 60? Yellow dye number five. You know?
1: Probably none. He could probably not eat any Twinkies at all and he could still memorize them.
0: <laughs> Because we have minds that, you know, allow us to m- memorize things.
1: Retain information.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. But for this they it's only because he addicted. It's
1: real, real problem. Yeah. And he's definitely had about 125,000 since he's moved to LA. Definitely diabetic. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So in Die Hard 2, Powell is seen sitting at a desk covered in Twinkies as he takes a call from John McClane.
2: Comically covered in Twinkies.
1: Comically covered, Phil may add.
0: In his mind, the Twinkie connection and also the obvious junk food connection in New York City being attached by a junk food mascot is the cause of paranormal destruction. So he is unconsciously trying to prevent it by eating as many as he
1: can. How he's just so shaken by his experience in New York, he ends up shooting a child
0: in the line of duty. An event that further damages his psyche and gets him put on death (laughs) duty. Not that he pulled himself on death duty, he got put on death duty. He lied about that as well, just
2: so you know. So we've established him as an unreliable narrator. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> it's up to us to really fill in the blank. Yeah, so you can say whatever you want. I mean, at this point, he's unreliable. <laughs> we could disregard everything he's done. Just disregard it. Yeah, to that.
0: We have no motive.
1: We have no ulterior motive.
0: Yeah, none at all. I mean, I, I, I could care less. Care less. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not only does Powell tell the, the clerk in the store that he has a pregnant wife, but he tells the same thing to John McClain.
1: How do we know this is a lie?
0: It's not because he's working a job where he could easily, you know, have to chase down someone and, like, accidentally, like, jam his finger up. He's wearing a ring. It might, like, you know, hurt his finger and get all swollen and get all crazy. You know, like, most physical jobs okay. that you have like that or if you're in, like, some sort of fighting league or something, you don't know, wear rings or sports, whatever it is. Yeah.
1: Danger. But Pal's riding Death's duty. So we gotta remember he's not seeing much action
0: and uh he isn't wearing a wedding so this is how we know he is lying when he's buying the twinkies from the shop in the first dialogue room, he's fucking
1: lying. He is full of shit yeah. full of shit and twinkies so until now <laughs> until now
0: <laughs> al powell seems to keep it together as well as he can be expected, considering the mind circumstances of the fabric of his reality, yeah, the comes trauma, crashing down with the single event set into motion by
1: an LA news reporter. Incidentally, the former Dickless ETA agent responsible for the near destruction in New York city. In LA, the Dickless
0: reporter digs too deep into McLean's backstory, <laughs> putting, <too> the, deep. <laughs>
2: putting
0: the entire Nakatomi <laughs> tower and everyone involved, in the attack, at risk. I mean, not really. Twice. He, is it twice? This guy really... Yeah, no, it could fall. This guy really... He hired I mean, Hans whatever. Gruber. I don't think he really did. It really didn't matter. I mean, Hans Gruber he could have, help. like, killed all those people if he really <laughs> wanted to. And also, John McClane could have killed Hans Gruber if he wasn't such a fucking idiot. Uh, and it could have been over. <laughs> but whatever. This is...
1: Yeah. Moving past this. This is all Dickles' fault. It's a not their story.
0: Yes. So... Yeah. It is his presence, this dickless character's presence, that cues Powell's breakdown. In this second case, it's manifested in the shooting of Carl at the end of Die Hard. Not
1: Carl! It gets deeper,
0: because, boy, let me tell you. When he shoots Carl, he is already traumatized by killing the innocent kid. This action of being forced to use his gun again makes him Unable to find peace on either coast of America, he receives deeper deeper into his mind and moves to Chicago, still a cop, but one where his duties never interfere with solid, loving home life that he's created for himself in this fantasy world that he yeah. lives in.
1: But this time, he's back on the street, yeah. baby. He's back He's back on the street he's on the with beat. his gone. He's on the beat.
0: And not just a pregnant wife either. He has a wife, three kids, a sister-in-law, a sister-in-law's little son, baby, and his mother all surrounding him to give him support whenever he needs it and for whatever he needs.
1: And he can even make them disappear like Judy in like season three or four. She was gone. I need them. Gone. Where did Judy go? That's for next week.
0: Uh, he's a he's a family man.
1: Dealing <laughs> with family matters.
0: Ah, he it. It's not Al Powell. He's Carl
1: Winslow. Carl Winslow.
0: A man never attacked by terrorists or spirits of the undead. Powell's overwhelming guilt at having shot another person, Carl, with a K, and the implications of what it meant for his victims in the afterlife caused Powell to become a new Carl with a C in his own mind. Someone who can live out a peaceful and happy life.
1: And he even wears a wedding ring this time. <laughs>
0: Everything's going pretty well in his family life. Everything's going well for a while. He experiences the typical ups and downs, you know, of a sitcom family. He's living in this fantasy world where you can hear canned laughter and all sorts of hijinks going around, yelling at his kids about report cards.
2: They're taking hostage once in a while.
0: Yeah. His son getting into gang violence, you know,
2: they have some little,
0: little episodes where, you know, his son getting like, you know messed with by police officers because of the color of his skin. Some really good moments. You know, some really good hard-hitting moments. And it's like, it's beautiful. But all this comes crashing down. A 13-year-old boy named Stephen Q. Urkel who lives next door, starts knocking on the door, trying to ask out his daughter. And...
1: Urkel takes over the show.
0: Urkel is annoying and he inexplicably drags Carl along on a series of more and more preposterous events. But why? Because Urkel is a manifestation of Al Powell's guilt, his own personal devil. Urkel is the boy, the Powell shot. Come back. In the most obnoxious form possible and completely impossible to get rid of. He back haunts Carl. Because he's literally an angry spirit. Spirits back, baby. He thought he got rid of it, but He didn't. We already know it's possible because in, this is the same universe. Ghostbusters exist, then.
2: They exist. They exist. That, that's already been confirmed.
0: Carl mentally traumatized, internalizes the haunting and is unable to distinguish reality from fantasy. Thus, giving Urkel the spirit total control of his life, despite his ability to always enrage and frustrate Carl. So in the real world, wouldn't any adult, let, let alone a police officer, have the wherewithal to put his foot down and stop a like, bothersome pest? like and
1: shoot that virgles. kid again.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> of course, of course they would. Of course a police officer would shoot an uh, unarmed nerdy little kid because yeah. cops are assholes. But
0: Carl is powerless. No. And as each horrible torture befalls, Carl and his family, his tormentor cries, Do not do that! Only to serve to mock Carl. Or Al. Even more. Because Carl... Because he did do that. Or Al did do that! He did do that! He killed the boy! He then shot Carl after trying to find a place where... He would never need to fire his gun again knowing the horrors of the potential afterlife that would await his victims steve cries for
1: carl's cries did i do that yes you did al you done that you
0: fucked up (laughs) with this fantasy family disappearing carl winslow begins his final descent into madness with steve urkel in a series of increasingly stupid adventures from robots to dolls to racist bruce lee parodies pirate adventures to time travel <laughs> to teleportation chambers to to
2: the juice to make you a suave man the magic potion yeah make them cool i remember and he's lost steve O'Cal.
0: <laughs> steve marries his daughter his only
1: his only daughter because <laughs> 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 what happened to judy what happened to judy yeah what happened to judy justice for judy <laughs> justice for judy
0: you know, that's just one theory, Phil. I mean...
2: That feels like 10 theories in no one. I buy it. How did the end go?
0: I mean, that's pretty much it. He's just doomed to be stuck in this world with Steve. His
2: He's own personal mental hell. Right <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, cool. I figured he'd be captain of a precinct now.
0: What? It, what was it that Carl used to say...
1: Three, two, one. One, two, three. What is the matter with me, Steve?
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be his uh, epitaph. (laughs)
1: There's this dude on the subreddit called Fan Theories, which is absolutely amazing.
0: Fan Theories is amazing. I love it. There's so much bullshit on it. His name is Jerry the King
1: Lawyer. (laughs) Lawyer.
2: (laughs) And that's what the Jerry Lawler will need if he keeps, you know, doing his thing. Doing his
0: thing. He's a dirty man. Dirty man. Fuck Jerry Lawler. Dirty, Dirty, Dirty man. So he basically, this man, Jerry the King Lawyer, Says the same thing, but it's basically backwards. He says, Carl Winslow and Sergeant Al Powell are one and the same, both played by Reginald Bell Johnson. Carl used to be a happy man living in Chicago with his family and working in the police force. Mm-hmm. One day he shoots a kid, as he told John McClain, that had a toy gun. He resorts to riding a desk consumed by his grief. Out of all sorts with the world, Carl fakes his death, changes his name to Al Powell, and moves to LA to restart his life. He marries and starts working again as a police officer. He then regains his sense of worth by saving John and Holly's life at the end of die hard. When he's questioned, this is Jerry the King. lawyer is getting questioned by his proof.
1: He said, It's circumstantial, no affirmative evidence, but I'm sure if I watch Die Hard and Family Matters again, I'll find some. Over the course of nine seasons, I'm sure Carl would have said something that would have led someone to believe the theory is possible. Something.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That guy really wanted to be right. Yeah, I mean, that
0: theory is completely stupid because like Family Matters lasted for like 10 years after Die Hard it was after Die Hard so how could it be like a reverse theory Mm. it doesn't make sense
2: sorry Jerry the King lawyer no it can't be in that order case
1: thrown out buddy yeah thank you next breadcrumbs (laughs) breadcrumbs